Thanks, Nick. Um, it's good to see you all this morning. You all get gold stars. You've, you've braved the, the rain, and now we're all braving how hot it is here right now. Um, I know that I'm sweating, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm super excited. Like Nick was saying, that the Spencer family and the Hawkins, they're at the beach right now. Must be really tough. Like, feel really sorry for them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I just want to pray for them real quick before we get started. Um, Lord, I thank you for the Spencer family. I thank you for the Hawkins family. Thank you for all of the sacrifices they make on a weekly basis and um, just to, to create a space for us. And I thank you for their leadership and their guidance. God, I thank you for the wisdom that they display on a regular basis, God. I thank you for the way that they carry your heart. Lord, would you sustain them? Would you fill them, give them rest? upon rest, Lord, um, and help them just encounter you as they have fun and relax and um, help them have stellar weather the whole time. God, we lift them up to you, protect them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So today we're going to be talking about, um, as you know, we're, we kicked off a series this last Sunday with Jake. Um, it's called the, the Church Series. So he did church part one, and it was discerning the body. Um, check it out. I'm sure it's online. It was, it was really awesome. But um, today, uh, the title of what I'm going to be talking about is, would be a life of prayer. So we're just going to be talking about prayer this morning and um, how, how that impacts us as individuals and how that impacts us as a community. So um, before I get too much into it, there's two books that I want to recommend to you guys. And I'm going to be, I've quoted quite a bit from one, but um, I really recommend this book, it's called How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People by Pete Gregg. Um, it's a fantastic book on prayer. It's probably the best one I've read. Um, so for our generation, like, like this, go buy this book. You won't be disappointed. And then one I read a long time ago on my first mission trip, um, it's, it's the autobiography of George Mueller. This guy was like a powerhouse in the faith. Um, he, his life of prayer and the way he trusts the Lord and, and his ministry, it's, it's really meant to just really stir you up. And that's what it did to me when I read it. So um, both of these books are really, really, really impactful. Um, so there's the plug for those. It's not a hashtag ad or anything. <laughs> um, so prayer to me, um, it, it Prayer to me is everything, um, and I know that sounds cliche to say, but it's where I found myself. It's where I found my best friend. Um, it's what guides my future. It's what guides my steps on a daily basis. Um, it's, it's on the way to work in the car. It's hiking up a mountain. It's, it's on my floor in my room. Like, it truly is my favorite place. Um, only because I've, I've tried and failed and tried and failed. And, and then I've just learned, came to this place in the Lord where, where, I mean, my aim is to have it, you know, the Bible says to pray continually. Um, and obviously that's our aim, right? We've, we've heard that before. If you've been in, been around church, um, easier said than done. Um, but he, even if you're not praying, I've found that like, if, even if you can cast your thoughts on him and like kind of just involve him, even in your contemplation throughout the day, like he, he's there and, and it just makes my days more fulfilled no matter what I'm doing. Um, 
So I I pray that this morning that you all leave here stirred up more than anything. I don't expect to blow your minds with a bunch of knowledge or exhortations on, you know, breaking out down a verse or anything like that. But I pray that the spirit of God just really stirs you all up this morning. Um, Yeah, I mean, in, in the Bible, we see all types of of examples about this. When, when I read about, you know, Moses coming down from the mountain and his, and his face was shining, that makes me think about prayer. When, when Elijah was up on the mountain and the fire and the, and the rain and the storms and, and all the stuff going on, like he says that he wasn't any, God was not speaking in any of those things. He was speaking in a gentle whisper, um, in a still small voice. We see Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and and spending her time just sitting and being with him. Um, and we see the disciples walking closely with Jesus all throughout their daily lives. Like whenever I read all of that, like that's just, that's like, I hear just this invitation of prayer, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing. Um, so the Bible is, I mean, obviously prayer is all over the thing. Um, but in Luke, Luke 11, 1, you guys would have heard this, but it says, uh, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. So I'm gonna pray for us right now. Lord, we, we say that to you this morning, Jesus. Teach us to pray. Not based on what I'm saying, not, not based out of a, of, of a book or anything else, but Lord, we come to you and God, we need your help. We need, your, we need your guidance and assistance and all of that. God, teach us what prayer is and, and take us deeper into this, into this life with you and, and, and talking with you and hearing you. Lord, teach us how to pray. And we, we humble ourselves and Lord, we say we need your help. God, we thank you that you're faithful to do that and that you're excited to talk to us. That consistently blows my mind that the God of the universe, the God of all creation, wants to hear what we have to say. You want to hear what we have to say. As your kids, as a loving father, Father, I thank you that you draw near to us and you're faithful to do that, Lord. We love you, in Jesus' name. So this morning, um, I've got, I was, I was, this past week, well, when I was preparing, I really came to a place of just like reflecting on my life and my testimony and the, where the Lord has brought me. Um, especially around the topic of prayer. Uh, so I've got six points, and I'm not gonna be able to hash all of them out this morning, but um, I've left them in my notes, so the parts that I don't get to, w- welcome to look at that, and, and maybe I can get up here another day and talk about them, or we can go get coffee and, and hang out, and we'll talk about it. But this is a progression where, where I've moved it throughout my life in Christ and where, I've, where you can find it really in the life of Paul. You can find it even in the Lord's Prayer. You can find it through a lot of different areas in the Bible. Um, but the Lord kind of brought this up to me. And um, so the points that we're gonna be looking at is shocker, prayer to start off. How many times would I have said that word today in the sermon? Um, but prayer first, right? It starts with a conversation. Everything starts with us coming to the Lord. It starts with a conversation, even our salvation, you know, when we receive that. So prayer that leads into freedom, freedom that leads into being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit that leads into intimacy, intimacy that leads into intercession, 
and intercession that leads into action. I'll say those one more time. So prayer that leads to freedom, freedom that leads to being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit that leads into intimacy, intimacy that leads into intercession, and intercession that leads into action. Obviously, that's a mouthful. We're probably only going to get to the first four, um, but like I said, it's in my notes if you want to check it out. So the first part of this, um, we'll start with prayer, um, prayer in general, and really throughout all the, the six topics that I mentioned, prayer, it, it's just, it covers all of it. All of that is consumed in prayer. And we're going to be looking at like prayer as an individual, prayer in community, and how it all is intertwined and it all works together. Um, and, and that's where we find ourselves in that, right? And so prayer, to start off, prayer is the vehicle to relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's the vehicle to relationship. Pete Gregg, out of that, that orange book that I showed you guys, um, he says, you cannot grow in prayer without some measure of effort and discomfort, self-discipline and self-denial. Um, and as an example, he, he, he puts in there, Jesus, who didn't even need to pray, right? Like he, he's, he's our savior, he's the Messiah. He, he, out of anyone, did not need to pray, but we see that he went away to pray regularly. I think there's, I, I was reading, there's, I think there's around 29 references to Jesus going away and praying in the gospels. Um, so if he does it and he did it regularly, how much more so do we need to make it a part of our lives? So in, in Luke 11, 1, where, where the disciple asked, Lord, teach us to pray, we all know this, and if you, you can pray it with me or not, you can listen, but the Lord's Prayer, it goes like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. So I'm pretty sure we're familiar with that. Um, but that's, that's the blueprint of all prayer. That's like our springboard. That's where when the, Jesus, or when the disciples asked Jesus, that's what he said. He's like, when, when, he, when they asked to, for them to be taught, he gave them that. And I think it's profound that in a place where we see where they ask for help and for him to teach them, it was in a place of community. Like they were together with each other and that's where he taught them. They was together with, with other believers, other followers, like the disciples were together. So I think that's pretty profound. Um, you know, we think prayer throughout the, you know, th throughout the week and stuff, like obviously there's a huge individual aspect to that. But I just find it really profound that the first time that really Jesus taught it was in a place of community. Charles Spurgeon, he, he has a quote, um, he has a couple quotes. It says, he says, prayer is an art only the Holy Spirit can teach. So I, like I was praying earlier, like you guys aren't gonna necessarily get tons of breakthrough from a book or even me or the sermon. Like it's an art that, that can only be taught by God himself, the Holy Spirit coming and teaching you and guiding you. Um, and then, 
another, I think this is kind of funny, but he says, pray until you can really pray. And I think that that's very true. Like, I remember, like, when I got saved and I was a super baby Christian and it was just really clunky and, like, you know, you guys can think about those moments where you, you prayed for the first time and it was awesome and super sweet, but at the same time, like, I didn't really know where to take it. Um, so pray until you can really pray. I think that's very true. Um, you may have heard the term quiet time. I think it's, it's used and said a lot, but you may be one of those people where having a morning devotional helps or, or if whether you prefer to do things to pray at night more or however your routine is or wherever you gravitate to, like anything's okay. Um, devotionals are great. Reading already written prayers, like prayer books that have prayers in them, like that helps you. That, I mean, it still helps me. I still use that. But um, the best quiet times that I've ever had or ever continue to have is when I don't have any agenda whatsoever. When I go in the room, my favorite spot is like sitting on my floor in my bedroom. Um, and, and if you see that, that verse in, well, Luke 11.1, 1, it says Jesus was in a certain place. There is something to having a place of prayer for you. Whether that's like, um, if, if you're busy in a crowd, like I, I think I've mentioned before in Africa, um, the leader of the ministry that I was a part of, probably one of the most busiest people I've ever met in my life. Like she, she didn't, she was never alone when I, when I saw her. Um, and she had people lining up at her house at like 4.30 in the morning every day. So, I mean, she, she's super busy, but like she has, she, she maintains this lifestyle of prayer and it's super attractive, but I'm like, how do you do that? Like, how do you only, you know, have five minutes here and five minutes there? But um, like, even if, even if you are super busy, you can still have a place, like if you're a visual, like if you have, you know, you picture things in your mind and stuff. Like I even kind of imagined, or it, maybe the Lord gave it to me, but a place of prayer that I can see myself in my mind. Like if things are crazy around me, I can at least tap into, okay, Lord, like I'm with you. Like I'm kind of stepping into like, that's actually my reality is we're with him, right? So like we're seated in heavenly places. So no, no matter what's happening around you, you can tap in to him in prayer. Um, but anyway, places matter, certain places matter. Um, in the Celtic church, they call it thin places. Um, thin places are where, you know, where they've experienced God in a certain way before, where it's like, I guess in their view, it's like the space between earth and heaven is thin there. That's kind of back in like the Celtic church, like that term. But I find that to be really true. Like I, I've known mentors that they have their couch or, or, and I've been over to their house and you just look and you can kind of like, you can kind of feel it. And you're like, man, like battle is waged there. Like on that chair, that reclining chair or whatever it may be like, there's certain, certain places of prayer matter and, and, it's, and the Lord will guide you through finding that. And you probably already have it, whether it's in your car or your room or on top of a mountain. Um, yeah, but the best times is when we don't have any agenda at all. When we just ask the Holy Spirit, come and have your way in this moment. What do you wanna show me? What do you wanna tell me? Um, that's, that's some of the best times that I've, I've had. And I've got... I mean, stories upon stories uh, of, of praying and, and the Lord, just, just me and him. Like only me and him will really know 
uh, the depth of what that has done between me and him. Um, and, it, and it's grown me in ways than, more than I could put into words. Um, and this book, shocker, another quote from it, um, it, he talks about simplicity, honesty, and perseverance. Um, and, and the quote is, he, he says, keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. And I think that is so true because so many times we think like we have to make this amazing prayer or say these words or say it in a type of way that it, that it flows better or whatever. And, and that's not, like God's not expecting that. He, he I mean, he let the, the children come to him, right? Like I, I mean, I get the honor of hearing these kids back here in these rooms every given, any given Sunday, like they start out and they pray and you just hear them. And like, it's not complicated, but it's a picture of what we're called to is being childlike and approaching our, our daddy, our father, our Abba, God. And so keeping it simple is super important. Keeping it real and honest. I mean, if you're thinking about kids, like, like they keep it real. <laughs> like they'll say, you, you know, the show, like kids say the darndest things or whatever. Like, I mean, they'll, they'll pray some pretty funny prayers, but it's, God loves it because it's honest. It's how they feel. It's how they're thinking right in that moment. And like, even if you're frustrated with God or at times that you're angry or, or confused or whatever, like he can handle what you've got. He's not shocked. I'm like, wow, he's really angry today. I'm so shocked. Like, like he, he, he's there and he wants it all. He wants all of you. He wants to hear what you have to say and be honest about it, right? Uh, and, and I mean, that might sound easy and super simple, but like you can think about Adam and Eve in the garden, like they went and hid, like they weren't, they weren't trying to be really real or even seen or honest, like they went and hid away. So like even since the garden, like there's the temptation in us to just kind of not talk about the thing that we want to talk about. Um, so keep it real and then keep it up and being persistent and having perseverance. Like even if when we deal with unanswered prayer or, or whatever it is, I mean, there's, there's references all in the gospels. Jesus talked about it, but like the perseverance and persistence of prayer and, and how if just because if we don't have something doesn't happen right then and there, like we're called to keep on praying and, and keep on hanging in there with the Lord. Um, we build up our muscles that way in prayer. Like it, it, it's okay if you're having a struggle, but just keep it up. Just think about that. Um, yeah, so Jesus, he prioritized time with the Father. He went away, he stayed up all night. He, either he stayed up late, woke up early in the morning. He went on hikes. He got up to a mountain. Like he was praying he, he retreated all the time. He got in a boat. Um, he, with community, I mean, he broke bread and, and it multiplied. He, he prayed over a meal. Like he's always getting away in prayer. And, and, and he is the perfect model. He is the perfect representation of that. Um, so like I talked about in community, that when the Lord's prayer was given, um, so that kind of transitions us into a place where, where we see prayer throughout our weeks in community. So something that I love about our church is that the lifeblood of it is life groups and hanging out with all of us throughout the week and, and linking arms together with brothers and sisters. And, and like, 
I, I love that. And it's been so special to me to have that uh, in my own life, my wife um, as well. It, I mean, I, in the past probably two to three years, I have lost count at the amount of times that we've seen answers to things that we're contending for for each other and, and my life group. Um, I mean, like we, obviously we share prayer requests and things like that. And then we, we pray in the moment there, but like we still continue to throughout the week. And, and if we have something come up in the middle of the week, we're in a text chain and we're like, hey, like pray for, I need prayer for this like right now. Um, just a few days ago, I did that and I sent a text out and I've not followed up with them. So you guys forgive me on that, but thank you for praying. My, my spiritual father, he, um, he had a widow maker heart attack like two days ago, three days ago. Um, and that's where like one artery is like a hundred percent blocked and, and he, so I was told that he had that. I didn't really know how he was doing. I knew he was stable. He was in the ER. I texted the group, texted the group. I said, guys, please pray. This is going on. I don't really know many details. So a day goes by and I go visit him in the hospital and he got the test results back. And um, he, the, the doctor was fully expecting it to be detrimental, the damage that was done to the lining of the heart because I mean, they don't call it widow maker for no reason. Um, most people don't survive those. And they got the test results back from whatever gram that they do. And the damage was minimal. And they got the blockage completely clear. They put a stent in. And they said that probably in about three, we three months, if he really goes well with therapy and, and all of that, like they're expecting a full recovery. And I, I mean... Praise God, because like that, that is a full on miracle. And I, and I, obviously I woke up and started praying like a madman, but my, my people were praying too. Like my, my friends, my family, they were all hanging in there with that. And, and we saw a miracle happen. I mean, so in community, prayer is everything. Like we, we, we are supported, we're lifted up. Um, I think it was, uh, I don't know what book it was in, but it was when in the Old Testament where, um, it was Ham and somebody else, but they were holding up the arms of Moses while Joshua, they were winning the battle. And as long as his hands were lifted up, the battle was being won. But then when they dropped down, the other army, maybe the Amalekites, I don't know, was, was taking over. So they were like, okay. And so they held his arms up. So that's how I feel, honestly, like when we go in prayer for somebody else and intercede for them and, and contend with them, that's kind of a picture I have in my mind of like, yes, like yes and amen to this. We've got you. We're supporting you. Um, so that's just a cool picture that I, I kind of have in my mind. But life groups are so special and it's, I never want to take that for granted because there's times when I didn't have that and the, and the times that I do have it, it's, it's, it's far better to be supported. Um, Matthew 18, 19 through 20, it says, and it's funny because Zach prayed this and he didn't see my notes, but we're, we're gonna hit another point that one song that we sang too, like a couple of things he said are in my notes, which is pretty cool. But Matthew 18, 19 through 20, it says, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. So that's, that's not to say that when you're by yourself, he's not with you. 
Like he's totally there. Um, but when you're contending in prayer, it's that part, what that verse, verses talk about is it's all about agreeing and coming into agreement with other people. That's why we say amen um, or amen, tomato, tomato. But it means so be it and, and saying yes and amen and coming into agreement. So that, that verse is all about the power of coming together in a community and agreeing for something in prayer where two or three are gathered or more. So that pulls heaven super powerfully when, you, when, you, when you're in a community and, and you do that. We see it in the upper room in Acts. We see where after Jesus ascended into heaven, church gathered, they stood together, and then they were filled together. Acts 1.14 says, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. So we, we had a series, um, it's called the Devoted Series before this one, where we kind of went through the, the life of Daniel. And that guy, like he, he had prayer down like throughout his whole life. Um, and even to the point where that was the, like Jake talks about it, but that was the one thing that they, could, that they couldn't trap him in anything else, but they, they trapped him around his prayer life because that, they knew that they, that was the only thing that they could really work a trap around. And then he wound up in the lion's den, like we know, and then he came out, you know, totally fine. But like, that, that wasn't till the end of his life, really. Like he was super, he was like, I, w- I think I've read like he was pushing like 90 at the time when, when he was put in the lion's den. So like, that's the famous story, but like his whole life led up to a moment like that of life of prayer and consistency and, and having it as a routine. So anyway, it's a good series. Um, you should listen to it because it's online. Um, but they were in one accord devoting themselves in prayer. So in community, in unity, they were standing together in agreement, in worship, and they were filled together. And that's why it's so important for us to do things like coming to church on a Sunday or, or going to a life group or, or just being in community because that's where we can come into agreement with everybody else and that we're filled and we're sustained and, and we're supported by not only our Father in heaven, but the church around us. So... I mean, it, it's so important and I don't want to take it for granted. I mean, you hear these stories of the underground churches and how that's not really easy in a whole lot of places in the world, probably more so than not um, around the world that it's kind of tough to have that. So may we never take it for granted because it's, it's something powerful and it's something that the enemy hates. So, and, and, you know, religion has kind of distorted that, you know, 2020 was tough for all of us. And like, yes, it was great for, the, for those of us, like we, you know, you got some rest in there. But then on the other side of that, I feel like it was really easy, even for myself to come into this place of laziness and just kind of like, oh, this is nice. I don't have to do anything or whatever. I don't have to go anywhere. But that's not what we were created for. And if we, and if the enemy can like, ooh, if I can get them by themselves, making them lazy, loving some like tons of Netflix, like, that's good. Yeah, like I've been there and I've had to like really pray to like get myself yanked out of that spot. Um, and I'm not saying Netflix is bad or watching TV is bad because like it's, it's not, it's just balance, right? So anyway, we have a super big privilege to be together and um, yeah, never lose sight of that. The last point that I want to talk about in, in the prayer part is a challenge that I want to give to us, me and you. 
that, that we would leave here today be, being people who choose to say, can I pray for you right now? Versus being people who say, I'll be praying for you. And then you never do. Like, am I the only one who said that to people? <laughs> so it's easy to say like, oh, I'll be praying for you. I'm really sorry. And then you like go throughout your day and then you get, you get in a hurry, you get busy, you forget. And like, I've been convicted by that a lot. Like how it's just so easy to say that. But I've really been, I've been challenging myself and, I, myself and I challenge you guys as well to just ask the Lord to make you a person and, and give you that courage to be a person that says, can I pray for you right now? Um, a couple of stories with that. Like recently I was, I was turning, I was returning some clothes back to Kohl's and it was right when they were about to close one night and I knew the lady at the return desk um, and she was a customer at the bank that I, I worked at. And I knew she was going through a rough time. Like she had lost her dad recently, like probably last year, um, I think to cancer as well. And then she just beat cancer. And then after she had her last um, dosage of like uh, chemo, then her sister and mom were diagnosed with cancer. Like one after the other super tough time that they're going through. And so I, I wanted to ask her, I'm like, hey, how are things going? And um, she's like, you know, giving me updates on everything. And, and that's tough. Like it, she was clearly like on the verge of tears, even telling me how she was doing. And so we, we talked and she finished and I was like getting my things. And then like, I about said it. I was like, it was on the tip of my tongue. And I about said like, I'll be praying for you. And like, but I was like, nope nope, I'm not going to say that. Like, and I looked around and I'm like, well, can I pray for you right now? And so I prayed for her in line. Thankfully no one else was around, but like I prayed for her right then and there. And like, I mean, that God will use that more than, more than I know. Um, because I believe that it, it wasn't just me at that point returning clothes. I was meant to be there to pray for her. And I, and I just think about all the other times that I've missed just by saying, I'll be praying for you. Being pray, I'll be praying for you and then never do that. Um, another time was uh, at the bank and my coworker, I was working on the teller line and all I hear in the back room is her like shriek and drop to the floor and start weeping. And I'm like, oh Jesus, like what's, what's going on? And I'm sitting here working and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know what's gonna happen. And so she comes out and she's, you know, had herself gathered and um, she was calmed down a little bit. And she said, my brother, um, so her family's out of town, but she's like, my brother who has COVID had just experienced like his lung collapse and they also found a blood clot. So super not good news um, as far as COVID goes. And they, they were able to get him stable with like the lung uh, collapsing, but they were really concerned with where the blood clot was because it was, it was not good. Um, no, you know, it, it, it was pretty bad. So I was like, well, well can I pray for you? And, and she's like, Andrew, like, if I stop working right now, I don't know if I can make it through the rest of my shift. Um, she's like, I, I, need to, I need to keep going. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna text Dira, who is my wife. I'm gonna text Dira right now, and we're gonna pray right now as I do transactions, just so you know, and we're gonna pray that the blood clot is gonna dissolve. And we'll see, we'll, we'll, we're gonna pray and believe for that. And so I texted Dira, said, hey, da 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 told her the story, we prayed. Um, and I think she had to leave early or I have to left, 
I had to leave early that day. I don't, I don't remember, like, I didn't get any news or update that day. But the next time I worked with her, I was like, hey, never heard any update or anything like that. Like, how's your brother? And she said, Andrew, you're not gonna believe this. I'm like, oh, really? And then she's, she said, look at this text. And she showed me the timestamp on the text of her sister telling her an update about her brother within an hour of, and it, cause I looked at my timestamp of when I texted Dira and I looked at the timestamp there on their phone. It was not even an hour passed and the blood clot has dissolved, like completely gone. The doctor was like, it's gone. It is completely dissolved. It's not there anymore. The medicine had not had time to break that thing up. And it was, it was awesome. And, and that family like completely knew that God had came in and, and did a miracle in the, in the midst of them. And so that's all, like, I'm not saying that it was anything to do with me, but it was like, I making the commitment to pray right then and there, like it speaks volumes to that person. It, it, it's like showing your commitment with the Lord and, and believing what he can do. Um, it's tough, but like, I challenge you guys to do that because I, it's just, it's, it's wild what God can do with that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've prayed when I was like 19. I got a group of guys together. We went to the Walmart off Bridgewater exit over here in Knoxville. And I think around midnight, we went to the Walmart and all we wanted to do was go pray for people. And like, you always hear the joke, like, oh, you think God's humorous? Like at midnight, why don't you go check out Walmart? Like, you'll see that. I'm like, that's a really bad joke. But so we're like, okay, well, if there's people like, like if they're in need, then okay, well, I'm not gonna laugh about it. I'm just gonna go there. And so we sat, we, we stood in the breezeway in Walmart and prayed, just went there to pray for people as they came in. We knew the worst thing that could happen was people say no. And some of them did, but then most of them did not. I find like, if you pray and you say, hey, can I pray for you? Like most of the time people are gonna say, okay, yeah, sure. Um, and, and it was so funny. Like it, it was even to the point, I think two hours into it that the Walmart staff brought us like a free thing of donuts. <laughs> So we were having like a, a miniature like prayer service in the middle of Walmart at like 2 a.m. It was, it was pretty funny. But there's a, those are some of the areas where it just spills out from your individual life of prayer. If you just kind of go there with the Lord and open that door, like he will meet you there. So the next point is freedom. Um, in this point of freedom, it, it, it has confession in there repentance, deliverance, reconciliation. We, we sang a song about like how he's singing songs of deliverance over us this morning. Um, that's in my life to get farther in prayer, like freedom had to happen for me. Um, when I was, uh, there was a very pivotal moment when I was 16 where I was on a uh, retreat and it was just all guys in, the, in, the, in a prayer chapel. Um, I mean, it was a three day weekend, but one night we were in a prayer chapel and um, the leader kind of opened up a time of testimony and confession. And, and that was kind of like new to me. Um, but I knew I was, I knew that individually, so the part, the individual part of this is like, you come to a place in prayer, you're like, oh, I've got some stuff that's like clogging up prayer life. Like I've got some, it just feels blocked. Like it, it, you, it's like your words aren't passing the ceiling. Have you guys ever felt like that when you're praying? So like when things are like that, it kind of, you just start asking, Lord, why, why do I feel this way? But you come to a place where you know that you need freedom in prayer individually. 
But in James uh, chapter five, verse 16, it says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Um, and it doesn't have to be sin. I mean, like even the song that we sang, it says, I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I'm a child of God. So like, if it's not, maybe it's not sin, maybe it's like you, you are struggling with fear in your life or anxiety in your life or whatever it may be. It may not be just sin, but as we confess that to people and put that out in the light, like healing happens. Um, we may have to repent, may have to change some things. Uh, but for me, it was, it was confession, repentance, but then it was also, I, in that moment when I confessed in the prayer chapel with like 30 guys, what I had not told anybody in my life, tons of shame and guilt from that I was carrying around and I had not told anyone, but then I, I say it and then prayer started to happen for me. Like they all gathered around and um, without getting too much details, like I was delivered of like demonic oppression in my life. And at that point, I'm like, I mean, I had read about, you know, demons being casted out in the Bible and stuff. And I'm, I'm not saying I was possessed by any means. I was already, you know, following Jesus and, and stuff like that. But I, had, I did not realize that the enemy had that much hold on me in certain areas of my life to the point where I actually needed to be free from it. And in me saying it out loud, like it, I mean, in the darkness is where, like, if you keep things in, that's why it says confess your sins and be healed. Like once the light shines on it, like freedom happens. So anyway, I was delivered and it was a crazy, awesome moment. I had never at that point experienced the love and power of God the way I did it in that moment, the way I did in that moment. And then the next morning, like I heard the Lord more clearly than I had ever heard him before. Um, I mean, it wasn't this drastic, but like in the story in the gospels where Jesus uh, sees that guy in the graveyard breaking chains off and running through the graveyards and all this stuff, people were afraid of him, legion, you know, that situation. But like after he was freed of that, like he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And then he went and told people about him. Like the transformation that comes when you deal with stuff like that, like religion and even the enemy want to, want to make it sound scarier or just because we may have not seen it before, but it's really the Lord just coming in and setting you free. Like there's a song that just came out. It says like the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said, you are mine. Like the enemy thought he had me. Jesus said, you are mine, but Jesus said, you're mine. So he gets the final word. He gets the final say and you get freedom. And man, it's so good. Like it's not, it's not scary. It's actually, it was awesome. Um, but that's what kind of threw me into a, a, a deeper area of prayer after that, because I, I heard him and I, there was just so much more. It was like that song, it's like, it's a whole new world. You know, it, it just like opened up and I'm not like, it sounds funny, but it was real. Like I, it was a vital moment in my life. Um, so you need community for that to happen, right? Um, for confessing sins, you need somebody. Um, so it may not look like a room full of like 30 people. It may just look like your brother or your sister, or like, you know, people that you trust. Um, and just remember that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Um, another part of freedom is reconciliation. So it's, it's 
there's a quote out of that book again, and, and Pete Gregg says this. It says, when we forgive those who hurt us, the Father's name is hallowed, his kingdom comes, and we ourselves are forgiven. So in the Lord's Prayer, reconciliation flows through all of that. Like, so when we forgive those, like the Father's blessed and, and we see his kingdom coming in those areas and we ourselves are forgiven. So, and Jake talks a lot about that in this past sermon too. It's, it's cool how all this is really intertwined. Um, but after being set free from something, you've gotta be filled with something. Um, clue in the Holy Spirit. So the next point is freedom that moves into being filled with the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, 16 through 17, it says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. And for these, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So after you're freed, and, and when I say this guys, like it's not a formula, like you have to check off boxes and whatever. Um, it's, it's something like, it's a progression. And you might find yourselves, you're like, wow, I'm experiencing a lot of intimacy today, but I've, I still need to be set free some, from some things. Like it doesn't have to go in order, but in my life, like the pivotal moments and where I've felt like things take me deeper in prayer, that's what that is. So anyway, just explaining that. But after I got free, like, like I said, I heard the Lord more clearly than ever before. I started praying more effectively I, I started to feel like, oh, they're getting past the ceiling now. Like they're, they're actually, I'm seeing like fruit from that. And so individually, you'll see the fruit of the spirit working in your life. You'll see the gifts of the spirit coming into your life. And in this place of prayer with the Lord, like he gives that to you. And, and it's, vital for you, it's vital for us to, to walk in those things. And then in community, you're filled to the point where now you're overflowing and the fruit of the spirit come out in community and in the city and, and you know, you, you go out and you step into action with the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit for the betterment of the church and for the people that are lost, that don't know Jesus, like you being filled is not just for yourself, but it, it obviously benefits you, but then it spills over to benefiting others. But yes, like that, that is absolutely, absolutely vital to, to your life. And then we, we move into, you know, we're filled, we get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then that moves us, and it did me, into a place of intimacy with God that I didn't even know that was possible. Um, and like I was saying before, like, the enemy hates this. He really does. Like, you wonder why, like, and this may just be me, hopefully not, but, like, moving from the couch to my room on my floor seems like, a marathon sometimes. I'm like, that might take 10 steps, but it's really 26 miles. And I don't know if I can do that or I don't really feel like doing that. Um, I, went on, I went on a hike recently this past week and I love hiking. I've not been able to do it as much as I want to, but my wife and children have been in England for a month. So I've had some more free time recently. Um, so I went on a hike and um, I started thinking, I'm like, you know, this, this kind of, feels like the approach to prayer kind of thing. And how like, if you, if you don't do it a lot, if you don't hike a lot, it's pretty tough. 
So like I hiked the chimneys and if you've been up to the chimney tops and the Smokies, it's pretty steep the whole time. It's like this. Um, and so I was like, man, I'm so out of shape. I haven't done this in a while. But it's really how it gets. Like if I have gone like, I don't know if it's a guy thing or whatever, but like we go on autopilot and we let our lives like take over and we just start going through the routines. And then, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, it's been like two days and I've not had any meaningful prayer time or whatever. And I mean, it happens to me a lot. Um, and it's just like, I, you know, you get caught up in your head sometimes. Um, but that's because we're opposed. Prayer is opposed. Getting away with the Lord is opposed. The enemy doesn't want you to do that. But as, as you brave and muster up the energy to get from the couch to your place of prayer, or I just say that analogy, but you know what I mean? Like, whether it's your car or whether it's a walk in the neighborhood or, or whatever, like once we keep doing that, it will be easier and easier in your messy. Uh, it brings, it, if you look at Jesus, he spent like 30 years, like let this sink in a little bit, 30 years just working with Joseph and getting to know his father and like, not like he didn't know him, but he was spending time with God and, and, and having that intimacy 30 years before he went out and did ministry. Like that kind of blows my mind. Um, and, and that's, again, not a formula. He's not saying, well, I know you've been saved for 15 years, but you got 15 more to go before you can do anything. It's not saying that, but it just should blow your mind a little bit that Jesus was like, he, that was such a priority for his life that he did not step into ministry until like 30 years, like after 30 years of, of just being with the father, you know? Um, getting to know him, it's, it's, we get to know who he is in intimacy with the Lord. We get to know how he acts, what he sounds like, what pleases him and, and what makes him happy. Like we get to, you know, I, I mean, it sounds funny, but like ask him, like, I don't know, like he's in a good mood more than we think. Like he's in a good mood. And like, you get to know just what makes him laugh. Like, God, what makes you laugh? What, what do you like to what, you, what makes you happy? And it's this, it might sound like, yeah, sure, Andrew, like, you know, but it might sound weird saying it out loud, but really and truly, like, that's what you'll find if you just come to him and sit, be still and out of a place of adoring him and worshiping him and, and, and just acknowledging him that he is God. Like he comes into this really sweet place. Um, there's, a, there's a song and I, I forgot to mention it at the start, but really this, it, it puts it in perspective for me and like prayer to me is, is the lyrics kind of hit this really, really good for me. Um, there's a song, it goes like this. It says, I wanna sit at your feet. I wanna drink from the cup in your hands, lay back against you and breathe and feel your heartbeat. I wanna sit at your feet drink from the cup in your hands, lay back against you and breathe and feel your heartbeat. And like that really sums up prayer to me because that's what, that's what intimacy with God feels like. You're sitting at his feet like, like Mary was sitting at his feet. He's giving you what he has for you. You're drinking from the cup of, in, that's in his hands and you're just laying back against him and just feeling his love for you and his heartbeat for you. And like that, I mean, it's more powerful than words can say, honestly. In prayer and in, in intimacy with the Lord, um, we learn to hear his voice. 
right? Because in the Bible, it says, my sheep know me by my voice. And so many people, that's hard sometimes. It was hard for me at the start and it, it's gotten easier, but it's still hard at times. Um, I, th- I think it's kind of like this ongoing thing that we've got to really, you know, sharpen ourselves in, in the areas of hearing him. But like, he'll speak to you first and foremost through scripture. He'll speak, to, I've heard of people hearing the audible voice of God. He'll speak to you in visions and dreams, speak through other people. Recently, he's, he's been speaking to me a lot through numbers, like numbers driving down the road or whatever. And in the past like three years, I kid you not, you can ask Dira, my wife, like she'll, she's seen it too. But I've seen the number 322 almost every single day, sometimes twice a day for the past like three years. And that's my birthday, March 22nd. And I was like, and, and at, the first, at first I'm like, God, this is weird. Like, what, what are you saying? Because I'm seeing this everywhere. Um, and, and, and it's just like him saying, hey, don't forget, I love you. Hey, don't forget, I created you. Hey, don't forget, this day might suck, but I'm here. Like, I, I know you and I see you. And it may seem so simple, but like when he speaks to you, like in those moments with those things that just like get you, like it makes everything, everything change. Um, and there was another one where it's like I was driving out, like I was getting in my car and my odometer, it said, like, obviously it was in park. So it said P and then it said 146, 146. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what Psalms 46, 146 is. And like at the time it was absolutely what was going on in my life to fit that current circumstance. So there, it's endless the ways he can speak to us. I mean, in the Old Testament, he spoke through a donkey. So like, there's no cap, there's no limit and there's no box that he can, that he'll fit in because he'll just seemingly, it'll just blow that up. So um, we like things to be neat and tidy, but like he, he operates a lot of the times outside of our box. Um, in John 15, chapter 15, one through 11, I'm not gonna read it, but it talks about abiding in the vine. You guys might've read that before. Um, it, but I, that didn't really become real to me. It, like it clicked when I was in Africa. I was a house dad over boys ages 11 through 18. Um, and honestly, it was a really tough time. Like it might sound, oh, Africa, cool, blah, blah, blah. Well, it was hot and the kids did not want me around. They were not interested in what I had to say in my broken Portuguese. And, but they would just like come to me and like say like, hey, can I have this? Or hey, can I have that? Or hey, I need this or hey, I have that. And then for a while, like I just got so tired. And I was like, Lord, I feel like a vending machine. And then, and then he goes, <laughs> he goes, that's how I feel when my children don't abide in me. That's how I feel when I'm just asked and, and my children don't wanna spend time with me or don't really care to take the time to sit with me. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, okay, Lord. Like, I get it, that, that's really tough to hear. Um, but man, like in intimacy, like we receive identity. We receive who we are as a son and daughter of the king. Like we don't, we, we find out that we don't have to approach him as an orphan or with that orphan spirit that wants to give me, give me, give me and stuck a, like stick it in every pocket you can imagine to keep it safe for later. Like the fridge is full. You don't have to worry about it. There's enough for you in the kingdom and you're a son and a daughter who can just go get whatever he wants out of the fridge. 
honestly. And that's how you'll find like who you are in Christ is that like there's enough and you're, you have a, a daddy who loves you. In, in Romans 8, 15, it says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons whom, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So we've got a daddy who loves us. Abba is like a really intimate way to like say father. And you guys have probably heard that before, but, but Jesus says that in certain areas, like in the gospels. Um, but that's where we find out who our daddy is. It's where you find out who, whose we are and we find out who we are. And, it, and it's such a sweet place. And it, it, it overflows that intimacy and that filling and that time with him, just you and him flows over into, into community. And wrapping up today, like I said, I'm not gonna be able to get to the other two, um, even though I really want to because it's really awesome. But that intimacy leads you into intercession. And really, I'll just give you one point out of this intercession part is that when you take that intimacy and pray for other people, pray from a place of victory. So it's important that we pray with that perspective because the Bible says that we're seated in heavenly places, right? So as we pray from that place, like the mountains aren't really mountains, they're actually pebbles, like from his point of view. And, and so as we contend in prayer and intercede for one another and bear each other's burdens, pray from that place of victory because he already, he's won everything. It may be a battle now, but like he's coming back and, and we're gonna get to go home and like it's, it's really good, but we, play, we pray from that place of victory. So take, take that posture. Don't take the posture of coming up under the problem, under the issue that you're praying and contending for. So you come over that and you pray. You, you're seated above those things. Um, yeah, so there's so much to say about that, but I'm choosing not to. Um, and then the last point, intercession that leads into action the last thing that I want you to have is that our life in prayer cannot just stop at simply intercession. It has to spur us into action. It has to spur us out into the community. It has to spur us out into becoming the prayer. So, and again, there's a lot to say about that as well, but it's so good, guys. Like it really is. Prayer is so sweet and so powerful. And that's, uh, that's, it's pivotal, pivotal for our lives in Christ. Um, so in, in conclusion, before I pray, um, just really, the takeaway is simple. It's to just sit with the Lord. It's to listen to him, having no agenda other than being with him, and he will guide you into that place of prayer. He will present you the breakthrough that you need, that, you, that you're asking for. So would you guys stand um, here right now and that I, I'm gonna pray and we can get out of this stuffy room and <laughs> enjoy our day. Um, if you guys would put out your hands, if you want to, you don't have to, but like you're receiving something. Um, Jesus, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you are our example day in and day out of what prayer can look like in, in, in our lives. So Holy Spirit, right now, I just ask that you would just give us your anointing to step into deeper areas of prayer in our lives. 
God, that you would take us into places of, of freedom, that you'd take us deep into places of, of intimacy and being filled by you, Jesus, by you, Holy Spirit. Would you come and anoint us and bring the breakthrough that we need, God, to become people of prayer, to become just in a deeper relationship with you, Lord. Would you bring your anointing? Fill us up today. Fill us up, God. And, and then that way we can overflow and that your kingdom would come and it would just permeate from us. Jesus, teach us how to pray. Take us deep in your presence, Lord. We want to be intimate with you. We want to know you and we want to be known by you. So God, only by your anointing and by your help and by your power and your love may we do that. And so we say yes to that. We receive that. God, I pray for, I pray for all those that are not here today and that are traveling. And um, Lord, would you anoint them as well and take them into a deeper place of prayer that we would be impacted and changed and challenged and stirred up, Lord. God, we love you. We thank you, God, that you want to hear us, that you want to sit with us, that you want to know our favorite color and our favorite kind of music, and you want to know all those things. You care about every little detail. So Lord, just teach us and show us and grow us. Shape us and mold us, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. Protect us, keep us healthy, keep us safe. 